Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing how to bridge the generational gap in attitudes, approaches, and perspectives. What are the biggest differences in attitudes and approach that you have noticed between generations? Tina, let's hear from you first. Thanks, Amanda. I think today's workplace is unique in that we have multi-generations that are in the workforce. We have baby boomers, Gen Xers, we have millennials, and and each of those, within each of those um, uh, behaviors or each of those generations are certain behaviors and that have strengths and, and weaknesses. And it's having those differences in attitudes and approaches. I mean, for instance, we baby boomers are staying in the workplace a lot longer, uh, primarily due to economic factors, which is creating somewhat of an imbalance within the workplace, right? So Gen X and millennials are typically filling roles that we baby boomers once had. And I think we find ourselves, we baby boomers, find ourselves in a position of being hired by or managed by a younger generation that does not seem to place the same um, emphasis on, uh, on experience. It's a quandary because this is the, uh, the, the uh, this is the same group that craves experiential um, opportunities in life, uh, yet we find that experience in the workplace uh, can be seen as old school. Case in point, I had a recent conversation with the head of, an, of a, a social media agency, and they hire young professionals and bring them in at a very low salary, enticing them with titles versus pay raises, right? So I asked if, if these same people could take their titles and move to a different job in, in, a, in, another, in another area, would, would that translate? And he said, well, no, it wouldn't because their work experience doesn't really translate into a parallel position. So I think that there are wide gaps in attitudes and approach that we experience within the workplace. And it, it, again, as I said to be in the beginning, it's a unique time because we have three generations, if you will, trying to figure out how best to work together. And we can go from experience to creative to the tenacious and how to work all of those things in and make a, a positive impact within the, uh, within the workplace. Rachel, what do you feel? Thanks, Tina. Overall, I'm growing increasingly dubious of the concept of a generation because it's just lines drawn. And I think it's what it really comes down to is age and how long you've been there or how long you've been around, right? And this is going happens to everyone. It's happened to everyone before us. It's going to happen to me. It's going to be happening to the babies who are being born today, where time keeps going on and things shift and values change and and everything when as you get older it feels topsy-turvy but that's just the way things go right so a lot of the times when older people and younger people are talking with each other working together some things just might seem foreign and you look at each other's values or or opinions and you're just like where where on earth did that come from so I mean, what I've noticed is that the older people I've worked with, they tend to be, and of course not all of them, but they tend to be rather more particular about 
things that I would never really think about. Uh, some examples are, and I've brought this up in a previous podcast, um, this I- idea of respect and formality and deference to people of a higher rank or people who've been there longer. Um, the idea of, of valuing someone's opinion more because they've been there longer, those kinds of things. And, and there are merits to that, but it's, it's something that maybe I haven't been raised on quite as much. They also tend to be more particular about dress codes and tattoos and piercings and just your general appearance in a workplace. And of course that depends on the field that you're in. But it's just, it's very interesting to me. And of course the values continue to change and the conversation continues to change. So what I found is that the older people I work with, they tend to be very open to these conversations and very willing to learn, but they have they have to be brought in on the, on the newest and latest um, points of concern. You know, before it was racial diversity, now it's maybe sexual and gender diversity. And I'm not just talking about men and women, but non-binary and, and gender fluid type people. And there's just it's just a constant set of learning. And older generations, they tend to be, while they do tend to be generally open, some of them can just get kind of set in their ways. And, and there's a confidence with them about the way that they, they do things, but it can also, you know, sometimes close them off. So... I think that there's there's there can be quite a lot of differences, but with all that said, I would say that for the most part, I find that the gen- that the variation is between individuals, and not quite so much about generations. But you know, we try to make generalizations as we can. Lynn, what would you say? <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I have a slightly different tact. Um, I, I the biggest difference that I see in attitudes is entitlement and collaboration in approach. So, and both work both ways, regardless of where you are in the generational spectrum. Um, the attitude of entitlement in older workers is often communicated via their view of that due to the years of experience and seniority within an organization, they deserve unquestioning respect and deference. And Rachel, you referred to that. I mean, I think we're, we're touching on this. And then, you know, when you go to the flip side, the attitude of entitlement for younger workers is demonstrated by communicating their sense of superiority, of understanding and what's current and trending. So this is quite different than this whole concept, which I never bought into of entitlement of like millennials. Um, this is really very focused about where I see that sense. And I see that same sense of entitlement in older generations. It's just a different perspective uh, uh, for both of them. And, you know, so that while both older and younger workers display this attitude of entitlement, it's just from polar opposite baselines. And in approach, um, what I regularly see is collaboration. It's a difference between the generations and how they view and act upon collaboration. Um, I, I have found that some older workers convey a sense of tolerating collaboration, but they're adamant that their opinions and views are more valuable, uh, which sort of goes back to their sense of what I perceive as their sense of entitlement. And I find that younger workers tend to embrace collaboration and, and they actually often need the guidance and support to be decisive. And so it seems to me that the, this different approach to collaboration um, is, is one of those things that, that is really important for 
um, you know, to to bridge this gap. And the same thing with the the sense of entitlement, um, you know, the myth of an entitlement and the myth that younger workers feel entitled to success, because in my experience, it's never been true. So recognizing these things and then working with that is how we can bridge that gap. These are some great observations. Thank you. How do you learn from one another and adapt to form a stronger team? Rachel, what do you think? Well, I think that workers have a lot to learn from one another. So I mentioned earlier, I sort of framed it negatively about, about older workers being set in their ways, but I did mention that they have a confidence to them because they've been doing this for a long time and they know how to get it done, right? And I think that there's, there's a lot to be learned there about figuring out how to do something well and being confident in the way you do it. I think that they, we can learn I mean, we can learn, we younger workers can learn so much from our older colleagues because they've, they've been in this business for a long time. They've seen how things change. They've seen the general trend of, and patterns and how things go, right? And there's just so much to unpack there. And I think that, of course, they have a lot to teach us. We have a lot to teach them about what's currently, and I've um, touched on this before, what's currently important, what's currently um, on people's minds as well as teaching them new working methods, new technologies. And I think that they have a lot to learn from us in that respect, but even as we're teaching them and as they're teaching us, we're both going to be learning patience, right? And, and waiting for each other to pick up the values or pick up what we're laying down, right? It's going to take a little bit of time, but I think that, that there's a lot that can, that can be, be gained here. But sometimes you need to do a bit of compromise. So we can learn from each other, but that doesn't mean that we're all gonna want to work in the same ways or have the same values. And what we're gonna have to do is just agree on, for example, a level of professionalism about, about how we address one another, how we feel comfortable talking with one another and working together. Um, and I think, you know, where it affects both of you or all of you, it comes down to finding out what works best through a long discussion and, and dialogue, an ongoing dialogue is rather what I mean. And then in other cases, you just live and let live if that's going to be the best, the best course of action. But I think that we should always keep the doors open and continue having that, that dialogue. Lynn, what would you say? Oh, number one, it's to recognize that everyone brings value. Um, to create an environment that encourages open discussions. I mean, you were just talking about that, Rachel. Um, you know, and being approachable and open to those new ideas and requesting open feedback and um, you have to be willing to receive it. And, you know, when you're working, trying to bring a team and make it stronger, uh, it, your goal should be to drive engagement with all of the stakeholders. Um, show everyone how they benefit and that they can achieve the overall mission faster and with more relevance. It's so important to keep the tone and the dialogue positive. I mean, Rachel, you you also touched on that. We've It's a common uh, mantra that we have, right? Negativity inspires no one. And so when you're building your team and you're bridging this gap, you want to focus on solving challenges and acknowledging accomplishments along the way and encouraging everyone on that team to share 
you know, the vision, the intent, and the purpose. And uh, that's that's how I feel we need to bridge this gap. Um, Tina, how about you? Well, I probably have a combination of what the two of you have already said. Um, and that's the collaboration and positivity, right? Respecting the generational differences is so important. Showing reverence for, for both the younger and the older point of view. Um, and I, I just, I agree that we all need to be open to learn and to grow from our interactions and respect that we all have something to offer. Um, there is no I in team. So as we're talking about team, we need to um, keep in mind that communication uh, is key in, in collaborating uh, with others. Change is inevitable. We all all need to understand that and uh, be sure that our, our focus and our mission is aligned uh, and that the organization and accountability within that, um, that we are, are aligned there as well. Doesn't mean that we can have differences of opinion, but when a team comes together and aligns their their group focus, it has the most impact on an organization. And it also helps product in the productivity and just the overall decision-making process. So when we're talking about having um, a team being able to um, um, learn and adapt from each other, aligning ourselves uh, and having open discussions and coming up with um, team goals and team um, and, and team focus, I think helps uh, again taking that eye out of um, of of the equation and really creating a cohesive team. Well said. How do we bridge the perspective gap and work together effectively? Lynn, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I, I we've all said it. Mutual respect is vital. I mean you have to welcome the difference of ideas and recognizing that they are a key component of a productive conversation. You know, make the time to build out consensus. <laughs> Be adaptable and nimble through functional diversity of roles and experience. You know, you've got to celebrate that diversity. Um, you know, do something out of the box to build the camaraderie and, and to inspire growth. Um, I'm going to give you an example. I've used an exercise where I break the team into cohorts of two, um, and they are always people who normally don't work together. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're different generations, but they absolutely are not people that normally work together or they're buddies at work. And so uh, as you break this team into the, the cohorts of two, um, you give each team some Play-Doh. I'm not kidding here, Play-Doh. <laughs> And the teams have a task to build something. And the winning team gets a worthy prize. Everyone played with Play-Doh, almost everyone when they were a child. And I'm telling you, it just brings out the creativity, the conversation. It lightens the mood. Um, it, it's, it doesn't take long. And yet it's just a terrific exercise so that we can have some fun, uh, creativity, as I mentioned, break down walls in a very short period of time. And everyone feels refreshed and energized. And so that's a suggestion I have for um, how to work effective or getting there to getting down that path to working to effectively together. Uh, Tina, how about you? Well, I like the idea of Play-Doh instead of a uh, rubber room or something, you know. I know I think it's a great idea. 
Uh, I think it's very important to project enthusiasm and a willingness to understand the perspectives of others. Um, you know, we're looking at today and tomorrow. We're not looking at yesterday. Uh, and uh, although many of us have a tendency to try to repeat past experiences and conversations, it's really it's really important to focus on what we have today. You know, work styles, um, we have to, to respect um, uh, the differences in work styles, differences in communication preferences, um, the difficulties that some of us may have with uh, technology where others don't. We need to, um, you know, help each other in these areas. There's always going to be cultural um, differences as well that uh, need to be considered. We we had a podcast, I think it was, that we did about kindness. You know, if we're going to bridge a perspective gap and we're really going to work effectively together, I think that it's imperative to be kind and to be um, understanding and respectful of, um, of a difference of opinion to be able to come together and form a new one. Rachel? Well, Tina, I think that you and Lynn have done a great job so far. I want to go back to something that I said on our podcast regarding communication between generations, which is to assume that the other person has the best intentions. For the most part, we aren't out to get each other and we're just trying to get our, our work done, right? And some of us are even trying to offer olive branches when there's been some bad blood. But, you know, sometimes this can be difficult to understand if you're not, if you're not speaking the same language. Which comes back to the idea that communication is so incredibly important. And sometimes that communication is not going to be quite quite seamless. There will be things lost in translation. And when that's the case, do some explanation. If, if you're finding that you and a coworker, whether you're the same age or years apart, decades even, have take the chance to to explain why you're doing what you're doing what your intentions are and ask them to do the same you know the idea is that you guys find a way to work together and as we've said before there's a lot to learn from one another so i think that 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 kind of communication is just going to be what works best but i really like lynn's idea of playing with play-doh that's that's innovative and that's a great way i would love to play with play-doh with you know actually anybody, but I think it'd be especially entertaining with someone much older than me. I think our, that'd be a lot of fun. Our next team meeting. <laughs> <laughs> New plan. So yeah, I, I think I think there's always the possibility of working well together and, I, and I'm sure that we can all get there. Well, those have been some great ideas. I too love the Play-Doh idea. We have one more question and it comes from Farah in New York City. Farah asks, I'm having an issue with an older coworker who does not take my suggestions and input seriously or even consider my professional insights. I've already broached this issue with no results. I'm at a loss. Any suggestions? Thank you for your question, Vera. Rachel, what ideas can you share? Ooh, that is a doozy of a problem. I mean, it, of course, it's not insurmountable, so don't be too scared, Vera. But yeah, if you've already broached the topic with them when they haven't been receptive, uh, then you're going to have to go to somebody else. You might want to speak to your manager, if assuming that they're not your manager, or maybe go to HR if you think it's that big of a problem. If you have a mentor, which I know that a, at least a good number of young workers do, um, go to them and see if they have kind of any kind of advice, if they've dealt with anything like this, or ask your other coworkers. Look for advice. But more importantly, I think, is making sure that you continue to speak. 
just because you feel like you're not being heard by someone does not mean you should be silenced. So if you're interrupted, continue to speak and say, excuse me, I wasn't finished, and then continue your point. If you find that this coworker continues to, to not take you seriously, I think it's time to start asking them why. If they dismiss your idea, ask them what's wrong with it. Why don't they think that this is a good idea? What's their suggestion? And why do they, they think that their suggestion is better than yours? It's about making them examine themselves and and why they're they're doing this because it might just be that they don't know that they're doing it it might be the entitlement that lynn referenced earlier that because they are older they they're automatically correct and you should you should try to make sure that they defend have to defend their ideas just like you have to defend yours right and and make sure that the best idea is always what's what's going ahead so Good luck to you. This is going to take some strength and and some some perseverance, but I think that you'll find that this can get resolved. Tina, what would you tell Farah? Well, I think you had some great ideas, Rachel. And Farah, I would imagine you've already done this, is to invite this person out for a cup of coffee and try to have a conversation outside of the office um, and to ask permission to um, how they would best like to um, provide feedback or input, ask about their experience in the field, maybe, you know, what the, what their ideas, how, how they integrate their ideas into the team. Sometimes it's part of the business culture as well. Um, and really examine what what your your business climate is. Um, are there younger members of the team that have had ideas adopted and it's just yours that haven't been? Or, or are, are you really seeing some bias there? I check in with my coworkers. I do some homework about the individual. I'd learn all that I could about this this person that um, seems to be discounting your ideas and um, see if there's there's a way through all of that that you can find out of of finding the right approach. I had a a, a coworker one time that just absolutely disliked anything that I had to say. In fact, would walk away uh, in meetings if uh, just would talk over me. Uh, for whatever reason, we just did not, and I don't want to say that it was personal, but it was certainly a miss, a misstep in in the way that we knew how to communicate. She'd been in the industry for a very, very long time, and I was I was coming in new to the industry, and uh, just could not find a way to connect. Um, and as opposed to putting up a white flag, right, <laughs> saying I give up. I came in very early one morning and knowing that she liked this particular type of candy, I telling you, can I tell you, it's a bucket. I mean, a large bucket full of these hard candies that she that she enjoyed. Didn't say anything, didn't put a note on it, didn't do anything, just left that on her chair. And it so took her aback when she came in and saw this big bucket of her favorite hard candies that she just started laughing. She and from that time on, we became to, to this day, we still talk with each other. So she um, it, it was an icebreaker. It was something to get out of that comfort level or that that immediacy where you're just you're so focused in on, on what you're trying to do. This took her completely off off of her game and um, and shifted the conversation. Lynn, how about you? Wow, <laughs> that's a great story too. A bucket of candy. Um, a bucket, I mean a big bucket, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so Farah, although you uh, may have broached this issue, um, which I'm assuming 
to mean that you've talked to your older coworker. Um, my question to you is how is this affecting your overall performance and the interactions with your team or your department? Um, and, and have you talked to your manager and asked for their suggestions? Um, you know, even if this situation is not negatively affecting your overall performance or your interactions with others, you know, I would definitely recommend asking your manager or another supervisor or your HR rep for suggestions or do something out of the box like Tina did with the bucket of candy. Um, in the meantime, you know, continue to demonstrate your worthy intent and remain positive. Um, be mindful of your own actions. It's easy for frustrations to find a way into your own behavior. Um, but you can control yourself. I mean, that's what you you have control over. And absolutely, if this situation is negatively impacting your work, you must reach out to your manager, uh, another supervisor, or your HR rep for resolution. Um, and keep them involved. And show them that you your genuine desire for improvement. So, um, but definitely a, maybe a bucket of candy. Maybe that's going to work. <laughs> Good luck, Farah. Thank you, Rachel, Tina, and Lynn for your excellent advice. I'm sure it will be helpful to Farah and others facing similar issues with a coworker. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitedequeen.com.